Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to meeting number four, Monday the 24th of July. Uh, it's Project Town Council, full council meeting. For those of you that haven't been before, we're making an audio recording of the meeting. Right, so uh, start with agenda item number 45, apologies. Yes, we've had apologies from councillors Ashton and Kirk. Thank you. Um, declarations of interest, we'll go around the table. Councillor. Yeah, still the same chair. That's uh, London Road, Lockman's, Ineos, and a Thanks, Councillor Fenton. No declarations. Uh, personal interest in Park Lane and Red Line Bowling Club. Councillor Williamson. Uh, personal interest in Park Lane. Councillor Sutton. Community <coughs> Association. Councillor Brown. Councillor Poulton. I'm declaring my interest so that I can just have say listed at all meetings. I am the diocesan president for Chester, the Children's Society. I sit on the PCC of St Lawrence's and I sit on the Deanery Synod. Thanks. Um, nothing from me. Uh, Personal interest in Parkway. Councillor Martin. Nothing. Project Thank you, everyone. Um, minutes of meeting number one of the 22nd of May. And then we have a proposed and a seconder. Proposed. Seconded. Everybody happy with them? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Accepted. Meeting number two, that's the 22nd of May. Proposed. Everybody happy with them? Yeah. Thank you. Minutes of the extraordinary meeting, number three, 20th of June. Proposed. Everybody happy with them? Yeah. Thank you. Um, could we now invite um, our PCSO, so it's at Peter Crowcroft, we're going to come and talk to us about PCSO arrangements, if you would please. Are you happy to be recorded? Yes, we're yeah. happy, yes, absolutely. Thank you, Chair. Um, my name is Peter Crowcroft, I've met you before. And, uh, previous occasion. Uh, my role is I'm a superintendent of local policing for the uh, the whole force, so through to uh, Warrington and over to uh, East Selves. Uh, I want to sort of make it a little bit local tonight, so try and answer, uh, as I promised you at the first meeting, as uh, open as I can be. Uh, my role isn't to sell you PCSOs, it's to try and improve the role of both uh, Neil but also the service your community get. Um, you might remember, councillors, one of the first things that I mentioned at the first meeting was that your uh, feedback uh, will be taken back to the, uh, the ivory tower at Winsford and fed back into the decision-making uh, pot. Uh, to What we want to do is make sure our decisions are transparent and we show that we are listening. Not because we're playing a game, but because there's an operational cop. I'm generally interested in what uh, difference my officers and staff are actually making. So I know that was a little while ago, but I sort of I wanted to bring you up to speed with a few um, developments so far. So um, the area of Chester, so obviously you cover, uh, has uh, full now uh, recruitment in terms of PCSOs. So we are carrying no vacancies right across Chester. 
the area. Why, why I tell you that is because, as you know, the constabulary can move PCSOs uh, around. So that means if you did have a, a particularly um, uh, strong issue or an issue that needed more resources, uh, we do have a full complement in, in Chester, in the Chester area, so the Quack area. The um, same can't be said for all areas of the county, uh, but by September that will be uh, full establishment. And that's simply because people leave to be police officers or they leave through other personal reasons. Uh, you all know Neil, and, and Neil, quite frankly, is one of the embodiments of what I want the PCSO to be. Um, I'll be blunt, and, and I, you know, I know that the commander, Mike Evans, has spoken to, to Neil about this, is that there was a misunderstanding around the transport arrangements for Neil. Um, it hasn't been the, the approach that we would say you have to, cut, uh, you have to catch public transport. Um, however, uh, I, as, as the senior officer, take that on the chin because Neil does a great job when he's here. Neil uh, does the job that he's, uh, he, he signed up to do and is committed for. Um, I obviously, and Mike obviously, didn't get the message over around the transport clear enough. Uh, so the fault lies with us, and we've rectified that now, and, and Neil has access and has clarity about he can use a vehicle uh, to get here. Um, I mentioned before that from 1819, uh, what there will be is a new uh, sort of uh, number of PCSOs and that each ward, however, each community will have a named PCSO. That's not your only policing service, you'll receive uh, a policing service right across all the policing resources and departments, but PCSOs and uh, Frodsham um, will have one under the, the sort of formula. These are all proposed and there's no sort of tablets of stone where it's written. And I must say that, as I said before, because that's not because I don't want to give you that service, it's because that's not ultimately my decision uh, right at the end. But that is the proposals that we have put forward, that Frodsham would receive one. And if members remember the last one, I talked about a standard service. So that is, I don't want to use the phrase free because actually um, you pay your taxes like your community does, um, but it's without any additional funding. At the moment you pay a third for, for Neil. Um, the idea is that you would retain Neil, but Neil, not that I know and don't think so, uh, is free as anybody is to, to move his labour wherever he wishes. I, as the senior officer responsible, would hope that Neil stays here long after I retire. However, that's a choice for Neil to, to make. Um, there still is that option to fund additional as well. So that's something that I, I sort of put on the table before. That might be something you feel is or isn't appropriate for the community of Frodsham. My job in all this would be to try and facilitate that should you wish to do that. Or if you don't, then facilitate the situation uh, where Neil would um, cover Frodsham um, as your named PCSO. I suppose one of the most significant movements as well that we've, we've listened to, it's not just yourselves that have raised this, is that when we went to the new model, we went to a central booking on station so that officers could be briefed. And Neil's is at Chester at Blaken, which I don't need to tell you is quite a distance from here. So um, shortly, 
we are looking to start uh, a, a rollout uh, where we will see what we're calling tiered premises and essentially what that means is that the facility that Neil can book on at Frodsham. Now I've got to watch that as, a, as a, an operational sort of leader because one of the things I don't want my staff uh, uh, falling foul of is lack of contact with supervision. The briefings still need to be sharp and accurate but as I think you'd agree the more time spent in Frodsham the better. Now I'll just caveat that with um, saying that is not absolutely set in stone. I come to you tonight really between two sort of stages where uh, that any movement from the current model has to be approved by chief officers uh, and that paper um, is currently going through the, um, the, the process that we have within the constabulary. However, that paper is based on the sorts of feedback that you've given and indeed the staff as well uh, to say that's what we would like to, to move towards. So I am hopeful about that but what I don't want to do, like with the numbers, I can't, not because I don't want to, is that it just isn't the, uh, the, the governance to make you these absolutely cast iron guarantees. But as you've said, Chair, it's being recorded so um, these are words that I'm quite happy to share with you. Are we okay? okay. <laughs> are we all right? There's, my, my desire, as I said right at the beginning, is to give you the best service that I possibly can. And you'll know that the Chief, and I fully agree with this, has always gone, position in Cheshire isn't about what we're losing, it's what we do with the resources we've got. So shall I pause there, Chair? And, and Gladly take any questions. Yeah, um, just one question I would like to, to ask. Um, I'm very pleased to see that our PCSO puts hopes information on the Chester Police Facebook page, and I'm always happy to share it. Um, there have been some questions from people in the community about why Neil isn't always in Frodsham. Uh, now, my understanding is he also has to uh, cover another area. Is that right? And what is the wider area that Neil is covering? Um, I couldn't tell you exactly, Council, the area that Neil, maybe Neil can, can give you that information, but... Um, sorry, yeah, I, I cover, between myself and, and John Kopchick, who's the Halsby officer, we've been given the responsibility of the Kingsley ward as well, which covers Subweaver, Kingsley, um, Norley, so we, we, we also cover that, but as you can imagine, the so bulk of our time was Cuddington still... Cuddington as well? No, not Cuddington. No, just those three? No, okay. um, but the bulk of our time is spent in either Helsby or Frodsham because it's, it's by yeah. far the, the busier areas. And is that something that will continue when you move to your new... No, Neil will be your so name and then other areas will have their names, PCSO yeah, as well. That's lovely, thanks for clarifying that. Councillor Colton. Um, thank you for coming tonight. Um, we've been to several meetings with the PCC and with the Chief Constable and the Deputy Chief Constable and I, all I'm seeking really is clarity on what we've been told um, and I do appreciate you can't do that. It comes from, it's the gift of the PCC and with him being a politician he'll say <coughs> what I want to hear when I want to hear him. Um, hopefully, uh, David will give us the right answers tomorrow night when we go to a parish meeting. Um, I certainly think he's brought some really good changes to the role and look forward to going forward. Pure, purely a yes and no answer. We will get 
PCSO, Neil Flanagan, as our main PCSO, and through what the PCC has said, we will not have to pay a penny. That, is that in your interpretation? That, that's my interpretation, Councillor. The defined area of Frogsham will have Neil, a, a, they will, you will have a PCSO, and I will do everything to make sure that's Neil to cover Frogsham in the model going forward. Well, I think one of the uh, conferences we went where the Deputy Chief Constable was there, she actually stated that it'd be ridiculous to take away a PCSO who has such respect in the area. I can't tell you, the ward walk that we went, it was like walking around with Robbie Williams on Saturday night, all the kids coming out and waving and saying, oh, here's Neil and here's Uncle. So I know his worth in Frogsham and I know what he does outside his remit as school governor and everything else. So she was saying more or less the same as you. It would be silly to take such a fellow who's got a connection and has a prevention cure in Frogsham by the way that he handles the schools and everything else. So I'm reassured with what you've told me. I just hope I get the same answer from the PCC tomorrow night. Okay, I, I would agree Thank with you. everything now. Thanks, anybody else got a question? Yeah, just a brief one. It, you know, at the moment we make a contribution to Neil's salary and that doesn't give us carte blanche to sort of, con you know, have control over him and that, but I'm just concerned that if we're not making any contribution I mean, it's a bit, how long is a piece of string question, but you, you say that he's going to be dedicated to fraud, but, I mean, how do you see that role? Do you think he may, you, you know, because the Kingsley one is on holiday or the Norley one is sick or something like that? I mean, have you got any percentages? It, it's, say, it's great saying he's dedicated to fraud, but what percentage of that time do you actually expect him to be here? It's is that a piece, how long is a piece of string, is it? It is, but, but, but my, if we had Utopia, 100% of his time would be spent here. Right. But the commander, uh, Mike Evans, has to make difficult decisions. Yeah. So if there are issues in Helsby or other areas, then there may come times where Neil has to move. Uh, but that should be done on a communication basis, you should know for reasons. And that swings both ways. Yeah. So um, if you had something happen in Frodsham, yeah. I fully expect Mike to make a decision that you would benefit from more resources. So it it works both ways. Okay. Um, as the you know the superintendent, I have no more allegiance to any other part of the county. Um, so Frodsham is as important to me as every other area. Yeah. Um, so the piece of string would be 100% here. Um, Equally, and let me be honest, even if you sort of fund it, if we had a, and I think I used this example before, a, a Bosley-type incident, and such would we, we won't, then I might need to move funded PCSOs, but hopefully the communication will allow you at least to see the reasons. So default, not, but circumstances might dictate. You would also benefit that, but communication. And I think we've sort of dropped on that sometimes where we haven't done that communication um, and that's the thing that I'm getting into the, the commanders to make sure that's improved. The other thing and, and Neil will know uh, uh, that be the recipient of this is PCSO's role at the moment is being enhanced to give them more training, more powers. Uh, the, the tier system that I've just mentioned, full uh, capacity of, of colleagues as well so you know, if someone is sick, there's more, there's a bigger pot to take from 
the briefings people get, Neil's use of true, true cams, which is a speed device, um, more value put into the role um, uh, by uh, everybody within the constabulary. That's not to say that Neil uh, wasn't valued before, but um, one of the things the Commission has said is that you know PCSO is one of the cornerstones of neighbourhood policing in Cheshire, and for that you need valued uh, and correctly briefed and tasked staff. And that's one of my challenges, is that um, you know to make sure that is the very best that it can be. So there's things coming together that hopefully you and the community of Frodsham will see as a, as a you had a you've got a really good service in Neil, but then let's see what else we can achieve as well. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Yes, uh, Madam Chairman. Uh, do you think in yourself that we will bear fruit, we'll get more to go with Neil around here? Because it seems to me that people say to me, Frank, we don't see any bobbies. Can I, I can say it outright in public. I've never, I see policemen, but I only see policemen driving cars. There's been more sirens on police cars in Frodium this last 12 months than last ambulances. I've never seen as many police cars going round lights, through lights and everything. Anything that happens in Frodium, we you hear silence all day and then all of a sudden it's silence like that. The police alone in Frodium of the ratepayers in the last 10 years, it's had 32.8% rise out of the residents of Frodium. We're now a town, we seem to be suffering with no police station, we've got no fire station, and on and on it goes. Now I don't know, I think, personally so, we should see either two more special constables, or two more policemen in project, myself. Neil is taking the responsibility, I think, of the, of the police force, as I see it as a resident, never mind a councillor. And I'd like to see, personally myself, some added help to him. And it, 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 it's carrying on all the while. We suffer in project, I'm sorry to say it, but we suffer. At one time, the police force was I in Fudgeon, recommended all over Cheshire, but it seems to have dropped off like a rotten plum, boom, gone. And yet you keep coming back to us, not just you, but the police, every time we get our red paper through the letterbox, it's gone up again. And we're seeing nothing. I don't say I blame the police. I blame the, this government but for cutting your toes off. But surely, let's have a few more. If it's only two special constables, you do you train them in project, and that's all we see of them when you train them. But I want some more help with Neil, and I don't care who says it to me. We are definitely let down. I know you've only so many pennies in that pot. But see what you can get together and let's have two of one or two of the professionals. Let's see it in project because I can tell you, 
you cannot go wrong in project and you know yourself what's happened over the last three or four weeks with glasses and different things and bites in project I don't want it deteriorating because they know the police are not there and I feel sorry for him I'll tell you straight I feel sorry for him for what he's been doing in project it's damn hard work but when you start getting knifing and glasses and everything, and you know it's happening in Frodium this last month, it's not fair to him here. And I think to make the public respect police forces like they used to do, and I'm telling you, people are saying it to me, they won't say it to the policemen, and they won't say it to the councillors, but they say it to me because I open my mouth. But I want to say to you, see, go back, See what you can do, and I'd like to see two new specials or two proper policemen. Uh, Councillor Alchard, sorry. Yeah, just a, I think it was a slip of the tongue there. We we have a fire station in Frodium. Uh, it's what's yes. called an RDS station, a reg uh, retained duty system. Uh, but we do have a fire station in Frodium. Yeah. I, I think yes, before you the go. <laughs> I think before you go into yeah, a, you know, so a, a long discussion it. about this, I think it's something. Um, Councillor Paltz and myself are attending the Parish Council's meeting with the PCC um, tomorrow, yeah. which is covering all policing issues. So it might be better if we raise it there. Okay. Unless you want to speak about it now. No, no. I, I, the only thing I'd like to sort of say, in uh, you know, um, to, to respect the council's question, really, is that I, I can't promise you those numbers. I mean, in fact, you know, those numbers might not be suitable. Sometimes you might need more. And, and you're absolutely right. There has been some issues in the nighttime economy in Frodsham. Uh, and we've invested resources. I think this is part of the, the teamwork that I want to develop really, is that uh, Neil doesn't feel like he's doing it himself. I want him to be able to go back to his sergeant, his inspector, and discuss the issues, and then their job is to problem solve and look at issues uh, and ways they can do it. You know, Councillor, that might mean two specials on occasions. It might mean regular officers. Um, but I, don't, I can't promise you the numbers. What I can promise you is that Neil's, Neil isn't here on his own. He has access to the wider uh, police service. You'll, you'll know as well as I do, we, we have uh, the resources we have and we cover the whole of Cheshire. However, Frodsham's an important area to us. So that's the sort of stuff I'm working on. I, I think that is a, a question you could ask the PCC because there was a lot in there, Council, around funding around government cuts etc which um, not being a politician a politician might be uh, best to answer i think just to reiterate what the pcc said and um, looking to what councillor pennington just said you can have as many pccs as you want as long as you pay for them uh, and, and indeed you can uh, but you, but even with they the point and have service, six because they, they pay, don't they? But, but my, I suppose my point is that even Neil, as your one standard, if there are issues in Frodsham that require more resources, Neil should have and will have access to a wider team. And if we take the nighttime economy that you know you, you've experienced, you've seen yourself through issues in Frodsham, um, we've been working with British uh, Transport Police to monitor those people who believe it's acceptable to come over from other areas of the county and, and ride for free on the trains and that's the sort of, that there's the reasons why they're coming over Neil would be part of that yeah I think well thank you for that Peter we've got a very full agenda tonight so I think we'll we'll draw 
this uh, part of the agenda to, to a conclusion. Thank you very much for your time. It's much appreciated. Thank you, could we now welcome Councillor Karen Shaw from Cheshire West and Chester, um, the portfolio holder for environmental matters. Thank you. Oh, this table's not last. Oh, the foot. Oh, the foot's <laughs> Thank you for that. Sorry about the little problem with the table. Councillor Shaw, would you like to introduce your colleague, please? Yes, um, so I'm Councillor Karen Shaw. I have portfolio responsibility for the for environment. This is Simon Lamond. Um, I'm the Streets and Environment Commissioner, which is a new role in Cheshire West, but I uh, was and still am until the new manager comes in, responsible for streets and operations, so cleansing, grounds maintenance. Okay, thank you. Now, uh, Councillor Shaw, we've decided to invite Councillor Shaw because we've all got our little niggles about the way Frodham is looking at the moment and it's not getting as much TLC as we're used to um, it, it having. And there are a number of people that want to ask questions and I'm going to start the ball rolling by um, uh, quite a few people are concerned that the changes that have been made to our recycling centre closing two days a week and we already had a fly tipping problem, but people think that that has got worse <coughs> since we're, we're losing two days of the recycling centre. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering what, as, does Cheshire West and Chester have any plans to review the changes? Yeah, you talk to us about that. Yeah, and do you want to start with household waste recycling centres then we'll come on to streets? Yes, and please. Okay, so um, decision, um, we, we had to look holistically, as you know, this is all in the context of budget cuts, and we had to look holistically at how we were going to deliver the service going forward. Um, and there were a couple of options. And what we tried to do, and we were really mindful um, that closures were not a good thing, so what we tried to do is to look at the resource right across the borough where we thought the resource um, you know, was needed and try as best we can to keep all the centres open. So what we looked at is having some primary sites and also some secondary sites. And the secondary sites, um, a decision was taken to reduce their opening hours. Now, this was preferable to closing any of the sites. Cheshire East are going through the same, uh, are going through the same uh, um, review at the moment and they are going to be closing some sites. So, so that was the, the starting point. Um, we were also aware, and one of the other reasons why we wanted to, to completely change the service going forward is also to try and better control the waste that was coming in because what we see is um, right across the household waste and recycling centres is a lot of trade waste that's being brought in that shouldn't be being brought in because we, we don't take trade waste. Um, so we wanted to try and control that better and we have been able to in that way to make savings because we've reduced the waste that we're taking. Now, we were mindful that um, that may could cause a problem with fly tipping, but we have the data that we've collated so far and the changes have been uh, now in place since the 1st of April um, doesn't show, um, you know, start startling, it doesn't show us that, that that is happening in the way that people might fear that it would happen. Um, I think generally fly tipping is on the upright across the country, but at this point in time, it, certainly our evidence doesn't seem to, do, to show us that that is the case. Now, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. 
Yeah, and in terms of the flight to the yes, we've got a problem, and we have got a problem around here, in particular in Tomasi's salt works. Um, but we can't, we've got no data that directly links any flight tipping to the household waste changes. It's flight tipping that's generally been there. So there's no big increase. But that's not to say it's not being monitored. All the household waste centres where we've got reduction in services, we're working very closely with the, uh, the waste team uh, from a street scene operations point of view to try and look when we pick up fly tipping to see what the, the content of that fly tipping is uh, and also see if we, because most of the time if people are going to the tip and it's closed, they won't go too far away from the tip before they tip again or they get rid of it. So we've got, um, we're monitoring the sites, the roads in and out of the house always centering around, but we haven't seen a massive increase. We've seen an increase in fly tipping across the whole borough to be fair, um, antisocial behaviour, but we're working with enforcement about increasing enforcement as well. So we've got, some, <clears throat> we've got compliance officers working um, at the centres and we are also going to be doing a review, so that's one of the reasons why we're collecting data in, in 12 months from the 1st of April, so that will be sort of next April, and if there are... Yeah. Um, so, sorry, so the cameras on the household waste centre, I believe, because I've only been told this information, we've got uh, the AMPR type camera, so it's mm. at the reg numbers, so what they've got is a record of somebody that might have approached with a low tips. Sometimes if it's a vehicle, you can see what's on it. And then we can then cross-match that data. So there's work like that going on, but it's, at the moment it's too early to say. But it is closely being monitored, particularly around the sites where there's a reduced hour, like project. Right. Okay. Anybody else got anything they want to ask on flight Yes, I have. Um, what I don't understand, you see, you talk about all the resources, and all the extra help and all the extra facilities that you're going to put in place to reduce fly tipping. You know, maybe I'm just a bit too simple on this, but waste is waste, whether it's trade waste or whether it's uh, whether it's uh, residential waste. And when and, and the whole effort of actually sort of seeing uh, fly tipping is that a it's actually on site plan, um, b it, it's it, it creates rework. Um, people have to come out. The, the result is always in arrears after the. Uh, after the problem's been, been made. I just don't understand why you don't have a policy that, you know, I'm not saying you allow 38 tonnes in Turkey to dump the waste, but I just don't understand why there isn't a common sense policy about dumping waste. I mean, a classic example is I've got a Toyota Hilux. I took six batteries down to the uh, tip um, last year, and the guy told me that I would need a licence. So I went back home and put them in the Corsa, the boot of the Corsa, took them down, and just accepting them. It's a stupidity of how you actually sort of classify mm -hmm. and actually make it hard for people to actually sort of do the right thing. There's, there's legislation in the law, isn't it? So fly tipping is, let's be honest, is a consequence of somebody acting criminally and the tipping, uh, their waste, which they are responsible for, we're all responsible for our waste and the disposal of it. So even if you get a kitchen fitter into doing a new kitchen, you should be checking that your kitchen fitter is disposing of the waste in a, in a manner that's required by law. In terms of, I understand what you're saying about the commercial waste, but a lot of the waste, and the, don't forget the cost of waste disposal is on the taxpayer as well. So commercial operations going into the household waste centres to tip commercial waste which they might have charged the residents for disposing of, is actually, it's illegal, they need to be paying for that as a commercial client, as commercial waste. And but it's just around trying to ensure that everyone understands what they can do 
and the responsibilities. I'm talking on behalf of Waste now, they could probably talk a lot better than I can. But, but ultimately, it is, it's a fly-tipping situation as a country. We need to take responsibility for it. And actually, the taxpayer is picking up the burden for what is criminal behaviour all of a sudden. But it's, you can, you, I'm saying is that you can actually, you know, with a, with a little bit of um, uh, creative thinking, rather than actually sort of trying to find creative ways of actually identifying the fly-tippers, why not make the facility available? For, 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 for waste to be actually uh, to, to, to be actually sort of deposited in the in, in the tips it takes away the effort the efforts in arrears of actually unsightliness rework and and, and and investigations and prosecutions I just don't I, I just think that you make the job much too hard about the management of waste can I, can I just come back on that because there's yeah. kind of two issues there's the trade waste and then there's the people who are fly tipping illegally. With regard to the trade waste, um, when the Bumpers Lane site opens in Chester there's going to be a trial of um, the page with rope so it will be accepting some commercial waste for small operators so people who are sole traders or very small operations and if that works that, that may potentially be rolled out to, to other household waste and recycling centres as well. We're talking about the primary ones unfortunately, we're not talking about the secondary ones and, and progeny is the secondary one. So that's the trade waste. So I think there is an acknowledgement that um, particularly people who are sole traders or very small operations would still benefit from that and would still like to see that facility and that's why when the new centre opens that, they, that, that will, there will be a trial of that. Um, with regard to um, other fly tipping, again, I think one of the things that we've done fairly recently, so about six months ago now, is actually reviewed um, enforcement on fly tipping. Um, we have looked. We, we've looked at uh, increasing fines, and we've also got now more enforcement officers working on this. Um, because, unfortunately, if somebody fly tips, in order to prosecute or give them a fine, you do have to try and identify where it's yeah. come from, and that, unfortunately, is outside of the control of the local authority. That's something that comes from national legislation that we have to do. Um, but there is a lot of there, there is a, there is more effort being put into trying to clamp down on that fly tipping. And as I said previously, we will be reviewing the data we've, we've collected after twelve months of this new system, if you like. So we should be able to be in a position, I would say, after six months to have some emerging findings, and then after twelve months to know certainly whether that can be linked and whether that is linked. Thank to the changes. Councillor Shaw, um, Councillor Ryan, you wanted to ask a question. Uh, no, I think Councillor Shaw's already answered oh. the pilot in Chester, but I think it was a, behaves as a little for uh, a new place on the site for our uh, mm. facility, so we're no longer secondary Yeah, it came about, Councillor Shaw, that uh, we had a ward uh, meeting because we had 23 complaints against Cheshire West and Chester, and they were all of a similar origin. And I thought the only way we could get to see a clear vision is invite yourself and see where we could go. My fellow ward councillors and I thought that we're being shortchanged from Cheshire West and Chester. And I don't want to politicise anything. But when I look at your budget, that you were under budget last year by 1.5 million, yet I get constantly residents saying to me they've been in touch with you and nobody's got back to them 
that you're not cutting hedgerows or pathways unless there are health and safety issue. So this brings me to my, the main point that the councillors in Waterside Ward, which takes in saltwork fields, has. And unfortunately we had an incident um, that a dog has died because it ran into what it thought was another field. Unfortunately it was one of our ponds. But you can't distinguish it because nothing's been cut. When the previous um, administration was in, we had pathways around those ponds, we had signs to tell people there was deep water, and we had life uh, buoys. Unfortunately now, it's so overgrown, and I've got photographic evidence to show you, and I can send it through to you, I didn't want to bother with tonight. You can't see anything. You can't see that those ponds there. You can't see that there's pathways. The trees are at a level where you can actually hit your head. In fact, one of our councillors went and saw one off. Sorry if I get you into trouble, councillor Martin. Um, because of the very state that that field is being kept in. Also, ever since I became a councillor in 2015, I've been talking about the antisocial behaviour that has been along the side of Weaver Vale Primary School. And on our ward walk on Saturday with the PCSO, it was stated that not only I have issues, the police have issues, but so does the headmaster. Because if you know this new craze with these small gas canisters and paraphernalia, are being thrown into the schoolyard. It's because it's a dead area that you can hide in. And when we have events on that field, People are using it as a public toilet, and I don't mean just mean one way either, and I don't just mean men. And it's right on the edge of the boundary. I've been asking since 2015 to get all of those trees cut down so that it's an open area and there's no place to hide. Saltwork Fields, I'd love you to come and visit with my ward councillors and to show you the area that we are. It is a health and safety hazard waiting to happen. Because if a child did exactly like that dog did at the weekend, we will have a small child killed in saltwork ponds. I'm not being a drama queen, I'm telling it as it is. And also, I think the hard work that our PCSO puts in schooling children and being a mentor isn't very well served when they can see in their school play yards paraphernalia that children of that age should certainly not be seeing. As we go up from there, I'm speaking for four councillors, so I'm going to go up. As you go up from there on the Ashton Drive area, we as a council have cleaned our area up, and with the help of the PCSO, Bent's Tunnel and all around there, uh, we now have sewerage plants planted. It's just your inconsistency of cutting grass, collecting litter. I've got a time picture here with a green bottle that was left outside on the street. I took the picture three weeks ago. I took it again this morning. It's still there. Your litter pickers are not litter picking the streets. They're just going to the bin and emptying the bin and off ski. Our main area on a Friday and Saturday and Sunday, you can walk down High Street and Main Street and it's overstrewn, even St Hilda's Drive, with nothing but litter. And on St Lawrence's Day and on St George's Day, it took our two Cheshire Western Chester councillors and our own local councillors to go and clean up before our dignitaries come because the streets were an absolute mess. 
and a nightmare. Also your tree policy. I just believe, hallelujah, you've got a tree man that's going to come in and set the world alight. And in 10 years time, we're going to have a perfect policy in the borough for trees. Well, I've got residents at Ashton Drive that's complained to Councillor Pennington and I because the branches are literally on top of their cars and haven't been touched since the previous um, regime. I'm not asking you. I've been round Ellesmere Port, I've been round Northwich, I've been round Winsford, all of which don't pay as much council tax as the people of Frodsham. I would hate to be the cynic and think that we're being politicised because of our councillors. Because Frodsham has just returned a Labour MP. You are a Labour authority that had an under-budget spend of 1.5 million, but I can't tell my residents that you can give the service that they are paying for and rightfully deserve. Yeah. Do, you want me to, do you want me to respond? Okay, um, I'll start by saying that you said there were 23 complaints. Yeah. Um, none of, I've only, Councillor Riley has raised an issue with me regarding the bins and we, we, we responded to that as quickly as possible because that, there was an issue. I'm going to ask Simon to talk through the operational changes in a moment. Oh, well, I'd prefer you to talk because you're the portfolio holder. You're the person that can make the decisions. This gentleman, with the greatest respect, okay, is an officer of the council being paid by the council. You're the person that can make change. You've been invited here tonight okay, to see if you can make if change. If you give me the opportunity to respond, um, what I would say first of all is that until I was invited to come here, I, I had not been made aware that these issues, some of these issues that you've raised tonight. Um, so that's why I'm here now because I want to talk. talk I want to talk to you. I want to be open. I want. I want you to know that Frodsham is every bit as important as any other part of the borough, and that if there are issues, then we will look at them. Now, um, you mentioned the saltwork pond. Um, I, I wasn't actually aware that there was an issue there. What I can tell you about, I wasn't. That's the truth. Until until I saw it come through from your clerk the other day, I was not aware that there was an issue there. But what I would say is, with regard to um, the restructure, what there have been a lot of changes in personnel. We've got new people in areas that they're not familiar with. We've got new machinery, um, which they're being trained on. We've got new, um, uh, as well as the machinery, we, we, we've got new systems in place. So that so the whole, the whole point of this, we knew there was going to be some pain. The whole point of it is so that we can, it's called route optimization, so that instead of having everything manual, we have it computerized, we know where the routes are, and hopefully, very soon, um, we will be able to publish when those, when every street should be cleaned, how often it should be cleaned. We'll be able then to report back and say, uh, if it hasn't been done, why it hasn't been done. What I'm saying is we've got a, we've got a trail of evidence there, which will then, be able to alert us better because what's happening now is that things come through the system and um, the system isn't working the way that it should because it requires modernization it's not always picked up um, and we've also got new personnel in place as well who don't know the areas as well now I, I, I can't um, give you an answer on the salt work ponds tonight but I'd be very happy to come and visit it with you and look very closely Thank at what very needs, much. needs needs doing there um, with regard to the trees um, I, again, there have been other, other, some other areas that have said, actually, we need, we need the trees cut in, and they haven't been done. 
they are, they are a bit behind. Again, it, this is because of the restructure. But I can assure you um, that we will get on top of that. And if that doesn't happen, we'll look very carefully at whether or not we need to put any more resource into it. That's basically all we want. And it's just this litter problem on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday. It's just horrendous. If we've got something happening in the town. You see, where this all falls back from, I have, like the 16 people around this table, love our town. We used to get awards coming out of our ears, best case village, flowers and gardens and you name it and everything. And I happened to be a judge of the Community Pride Awards mm -hmm. and we were slated. They called us a grog spot, they called the places behind Costa Coffee, why have you got pieces of land there? And it's just strewn all over everywhere. And I do appreciate that, you know, there are funding issues, but when you've got an underfunding budget of 1.5 million, you could have spent a bit of that money. Not, not in the environment portfolio. There, is not, there isn't an underspend in that portfolio, well, and that's the bit over which I have control. Borrow it from a bit of your mate. Can we move on to Councillor Alton? No, I'd really just reinforcing what uh, Councillor Poulton said, is that, that the whole infrastructure that you manage in Frodium, it doesn't seem to be one at the moment. I mean, street trees, there's hardly a road in Frodium that, you know, is not overgrown. Uh, a lot of the time now we're losing widths on roads. Um, I mean, you, you don't seem to go and knock on anybody's door and say, look, we appreciate that's your boundary, but it's 12 foot into a highway, do something about it. I live on a road, I'm lucky enough to live on a tree line road. I'm getting people knocking on my door almost daily, complaining now because people are getting cars scratched. Delivery truck came the other day uh, from, you know, Comet or somebody like that. Took a great big branch off a tree on the road because they, they, they and they've never been touched for, for a long time. Rightly or wrongly, I, I manage my own tree and I've tried to get other people to do it. But rightly enough, people say, and it's valid, I pay my rates, why should I have to climb up a tree and cut it? We had one of your officers came to a meeting a few months ago who suggested that you know, they were happy if we did it ourselves and they would take the brash away for us. You know, that's not a viable uh, really alternative in a lot of ways. Um, what I am scared is going to happen on our road, and, and it happened 20 years ago, was that you then came along because you'd done no tree management for years, scared everybody to death by saying it was going to rip all the drains up, and felled the trees. No, you, you know, it was a beautiful lime avenue. Yes. We then managed to get them replaced with some white beams and some rowan and things like that. But, you know, any street tree, if it's not controlled, and that was my business, I was an ARB officer for Cheshire County Council for a long time. So, you, you know, I know that street trees need to be managed. And it, nothing's getting done. There's weeds growing in gutters. It's beginning to look like a third world country, and, and that's not an exaggeration, you know. I appreciate your budgets are limited and that, but I don't see that a valid system of management is to do nothing, and that's what appears to be happening at the moment in front of you. Did you want to talk on the same thing? It's, um, I've got a personal interest because I've got a reference to Northern Albert I've had for over two years for trees to be felled, um, and every time I phoned up, it's been, been really pleasant over the phone, but apparently, do you subcontract out? Some because, of it, yeah. Yeah, because they don't have control of when they're going to be coming out to see to the trees, which I find, obviously, it's costing more money to subcontract, surely. I find that unacceptable, actually. They've got a reference number, they control the contract. 
Well, so I've got the, the, the reference. You send me the reference number, I'll follow that through with yeah, right. the tree. Okay. If they don't actually work for me, but I can follow that up because actually they need to be upfront with it. If they're not doing it because there's a financial reason or there's another reason, they should tell you. Well, we but to blame on the contractor that that's the commission by them to do the work. Yeah, that's not they don't have control over no, the actual. Yeah, because I've actually paid out money for some of the trees to be cut down myself. But if you can give me the reference number, I can try no, and check through the, the files. Okay, and, uh, okay. Thank you. Go back to them. If, if I can just come back on trees. Um, Trees and parks are actually in the community's portfolio, not the environment one, which might yeah. seem a bit bizarre. Having said that, um, a, tree, a tree strategy has gone out to consultation now. Um, I think it's a 12-week consultation because we are aware that there hasn't, for a prolonged period of time, been a, a strategy to manage trees. But coming back to the day-to-day, -day, if, if there are... I don't get to find out about people having reported things until they've got to a point where they haven't, it hasn't been done. And if there are those kinds of issues, please directly contact me or contact your ward councillor who I would hope would pass it on to me and I will look into it. Um, and, that, and that's as good as I can say because I really don't know everything that people uh, report until there's a problem and it's brought to my attention. Yeah. Okay. Um, can we move on to another subject now then? The car parking strategy. Okay, um, I wasn't um, aware that we were going to discuss that tonight, but yeah, I can, I can yeah. try to answer um, questions. Just, yeah. just my one concern that I have was that um, it's been suggested that you might take one of our pieces of land at the community centre to turn into a car park. I just want to say that I think Frodham Town Council would be very, very reluctant to agree to anything like that. We value our green spaces around the community centre okay. greatly. Um, but my other concern was the suggestion that parking charges uh, from the, the documents I've read, yes, you're looking to introduce parking charges in Frodham, but maybe not in Helsby. Now, we have a joint concern, Frodham and Helsby, because of the, uh, the railway stations and the opening of the Halton Curve. Yeah. And if you don't introduce or if you introduce parking charges here and not in Helsby, everybody's going to start parking in Helsby, so it'd be a nightmare for Helsby. I'm sure the uh, the shoppers in Frodham will be quite relieved <laughs> that the car parks are freed up for their uh, few hours of free parking. But um, I, I think you know people are concerned about what is going to happen. Um, so what, what sort of timescale are we looking at and what are you thinking of doing for Frodham and Helsby? Okay, so this, this, this sort of strategy is the strategy and you will hopefully all have been able to look at the recommendations for Frodsham that are in the strategy. Yeah. Um, the short term recommendations are over a period of 0 to 5 years. Um, I anticipate that those recommendations we should be able to work through the majority of the action plans within the next two to three years. So at this point in time, and so I should be clear about that, action, action plans um, will be developed for each area and the approach we're taking at the moment is to look at the areas where there is most pressure for parking. Frodsham is one of those areas I have to mm -hmm. say. Um, and then develop an action plan and then there will be a further three week consultation on the action plan. Um, and obviously that also involve, that will also involve town councils and other stakeholders feeding into that. So for you to say things like that is is a value. Um, yeah. Linking Frodsham and Helsby, I, I take the point entirely um, that, you, that there's a possibility you'll displace people, particularly um, 
people are travelling. One of the problems here in Frodsham is that people come in, park the car all day, and then there's no space for shoppers. Mm. So our key priority is to free up, is to free up Main Street, Street for uh, short-stay parking. And um, the strategy recommends um, uh, some kind of permit system for residents who live there so that they're not going mm. to be affected by that. So the detail is yet to come forward. Okay, but I take the point about linking Frodsham and Helsby. But you will be talking to Frodsham and Helsby Council? Yes. Uh, Councillor Poulton again. Um, it was pointed out to me today that Helsby, with the planning that they've got for houses, yeah. could be as big as Frodsham. Mm -hmm. and, and bigger. And not. And we're not talking very far away. And we have got this problem that we, um, I mean, we did take it on the chin. We asked a lot of people to come in. We tried to be as helpful to you. We sent a paper in. I was upset that you didn't look at um, the particular um, businesses that, like our fish and chip shop, our takeaway, our post office and our news agent, where we wanted a time bay for 20 minutes because that's all. And what it's doing, it's ruining his business because they've got people who, working the estate agents parking there all day. Right. It won't happen when you've got your strategy, we know that, but we were looking to have a couple of bays in, in Main Street that were very, very short time turnaround so that it would allow better business for those businesses. And there's only three businesses, there's a news agent, sorry, four. There's a news agent, a chippy, uh, a post office, and a pie shop. And the four ones could do with a time bay outside their house. That was put on our paperwork. Um, I'm just worried that if you don't do anything with Hellsby, Hellsby will have what Frodsham's got now, a vast increase of people. I stood on the, for my stupidity, stood on the station car park with my dog at five o'clock one morning, waited till eight o'clock, and there were actually seven people from Frodsham who parked their cars on the station car park. And have you got, my last question, have you got any... Um, foresight and what's going to happen to the station car park and better lining system on Main Street. Okay, I'll take, if I can come to the, the point about short time turnaround, we, that's something we can look at, it's certainly something that's been suggested in Chester, we're not, you know, we, we haven't discounted any suggestions, um, it, it will be looked at very carefully when we produce the action plan. Um, are we going to reconfigure the bays? Um, it wasn't planned, but there's no reason why we couldn't see. Yeah, it, because they're sort of on an angle at the moment. And, and they're not properly marked. Yeah, I think one of the issues would be actually because th there are highways regulations about the angles when you're reversing into a um, flow of traffic. Um, but I can certainly pick that up and ask just a question. Just um, In relation to the what plans are there for the station, um, at this point in time, I, I'm not in a position to give you any detail, but I, I can tell you that it is a part of the long-term strategy to maybe um, look at decking a car, decking car park or a multi-storey car park. I'm of the view that that wasn't very popular here in Frodsham. So if that's not the case, um, please please say so. But we just don't want you to pay all the money. We want Network Rail or Arriva Trains Wales who are actually going to make a fortune out of the Holton Curve yeah. to throw some money in the ring. Yeah, and, and that is being looked at by my colleague, uh, Brian Clark, who's... Yeah, but I think by the same stroke, we don't want to end up like we've got at Runcorn with a very expensive car park. 
Uh, yeah, I'll be very, very brief. Um, I, I live in the streets off Main Street, and um, what concerns me is that you know when parking comes in on Main Street charges, what where everybody is going to go. Uh, and I've got some data for you that I've noticed over the last month or six weeks why it's been very vogue, the conversation about charges and the Alton Curve and everything, that our road, people are testing the water. Now, I'm not trying to say that I've got any right to the road outside of my house, but I don't want my road to become a linear car park just to get you revenue for charging people on Main Street to park, you know. So I, I want, you know, uh, something really firm as to where everybody's going to park because if we're not careful our estates our community is just going to become one massive linear car park to make you lots of revenue and i don't think that's acceptable yeah i do think you're going to have to look very carefully at the parking at the station car park particularly given the toll charges for the new london Midlands bridge yes um which for somebody who lives in frodgen and who has no discount um, you're looking at well over a thousand pounds a year to go if you work in Witness or Liverpool. It's huge in many times. Just to remind uh, these two officers here, and we've avoided it tonight, what about Greenfield Lane? Our two Buddha councillors have always avoided it. Down where Marshall is. There's a oh, big yes. piece of there's a big piece of land there that belongs to you, West Cheshire, yeah. and every time we mention it or say anything, and I've, we've had a meeting, I have personally, with the councillor Brian Clark, and, every, and, and never to this day have I ever got a reply. I, I think that if mentioned, Councillor Pennington, in the strategy, <coughs> that was one of the pieces of land, the, yeah. the problem is it's a single track. And it comes out right near the, the, the main traffic lights. So and the other thing is, when you're saying about tidying up, don't forget Castle Park, will you? Because it's gone downhill. <laughs> Can I just check, do we have um, Mr Alan McGowan in the public gallery? Because he wanted to speak on car parking. <coughs> well, I guess he's not been able to join us then. Okay. Um, anybody... Got any other questions for Council Shaw? No? Can I just say as well, any time that there are specific issues that you have concerns about, please direct them towards me because if I don't know that there is an issue, I can't follow it up. Yeah. Is she prepared to meet any, any of the town councillors? Well, I'll, I'll come and see Saltworks. That's a good start, yeah. Thanks yeah, for that. We'll be in touch with you about arranging the date to okay. do that. We'll even make your coffee. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Neil. Right. It's been a long one tonight. Um, good evening, everyone. First of all, I haven't got it on my list here, but I just want to follow on from what the superintendent was saying before. 
I read the last council meeting in May, I raised the issue of, of vehicles. I've listened to it back. In hindsight, I've probably come across a little bit, a little bit wrong. Um, so I, I want to take some responsibility. I know he's taken responsibility for himself and the chief inspector, but I was asked to listen to it back, and I, I actually had to turn it off halfway through. So I think I've just been a bit frustrated with things, and I've probably vented it in possibly not the best environment. And this is me talking. It's not, I've not been told to mention any of this, but I do get great support from supervision. And um, actually, a, a week or so after the last council meeting, we had a meeting with my chief inspector and my inspector, and a lot of my concerns and issues were, were raised at that meeting, and it, there was an agreement to look at them. So they do listen to me. I've probably just gone about it in not necessarily the best way. So I, I'm going to take it on the chin as well, but just rest assured that you know things are afoot and, and things are happening. So. <laughs> right, moving on to uh, sort of things that have been happening recently. Speeding and parking issues. Um, the, the main complaints recently about um, speeding have been Kingsley Road, Bridge Lane and Grasmere Road. So at the moment I've taken the action of putting Smiley Sid at these locations. Um, I've also, on one of the ward walks I did the other day, a gentleman has mentioned about Weaver Road as well, so I'll be putting Smiley Sid out there this week. But what I would say to, to anyone is if, if there are any concerns about roads with speeding, Smiley Sid's great. Up, today it's up in Sutton Weaver, my colleagues put it up in Sutton Weaver this morning and I'll be picking it up after here. But we, we can, it's, a, it's a quick win to try and gauge how bad the issue is and to, to get traffic to slow down. Um, as the superintendent mentioned before, I've now, I'm now fully trained up on the TrueCam, which is an enforceable speed device. So this is the first time we've had that option. In the past, we've had to have uh, a police constable with us when we've used an enforceable device to pull them over. This device actually records them, the videos them as they're going past, and then we do a bit of admin back office work afterwards, and we send it off to the um, the Cheshire Road Safety Group and then they decide what, what course of action to take, whether it's send them on a driver awareness course or if they've been on one of those, they'll get points on the licence and a fine. So it's, it's some positive action rather than just getting a letter like they would have done possibly in the past. This is actual enforcement that we're going to do now. Um, parking continues to be an issue, but thankfully the school holidays are, are upon us, or nearly for, for one or two schools. Um, Complaints obviously around schools and, and we're looking to do that. I know we've got Sharon here today, we're working with the council and Sharon Marshall to, to look at parent parking charters, so in agree agreements with the schools and with the parents to park in a manner which is appropriate. Um, we're also, we do the let's walk the road safety stuff and that's going to continue moving forward. Also complaints um, raised about High Street near St Luke's Church and that's something I'm going to continually monitor and see what we can do a little bit more around that because that's one that's not going away. And then again tonight, a, a few a few of you have raised the, the, the ongoing issue with the taxis, rest assured. And I've showed, I've, I've mentioned one or two of you that there's an emails going around, there's, there's meetings going on about the, the taxis at the moment and, and they're going to be spoken to by licensing within Cheshire West. So. Uh, the summer ward walks, we've just completed those this weekend. Um, all the walks had representation from councillors 
real big thank you for those that, that came along and we even had some residents at some of the walks I thought these are the best ones that we've done I've really enjoyed them got a lot out of them um, so much so that I've decided to try and extend that so we'll do a winter ward walk it might not be as, a, as attractive as the summer ones in the nice weather but I think what, what I'll look to do is get some either January or December, December or January and we'll do them again it's an hour out of my town, which it's just doing foot patrol, which is what I'd be doing anyway. But it gets, it gets, you know, was out together, working together, and also some of the residents as well. And I think it goes down really well. So we'll give those a trial. I'll, I'll put some dates in my diary in the next couple of months, and we'll, we'll have those as well. Um, I'm still happy for any councillor who wishes to spend some time with me out on patrol. It might not be the most interesting, I don't do that much, but uh, if anyone wants to come out and, and spend a couple of hours, whether it's during the day or of an evening, more than happy to, to do that and uh, you know, just let me know, again, go through Hazel and Hazel will let me know if anyone's interested in that. Um, residence meeting, I've today just confirmed a residence meeting for the last of the wards, um, Overton and Five Crosses ward have not had a residence meeting so far, so I've arranged one for Thursday the 12th of October at 6.30 in the evening at Frodsham C of E School, and that's one where I'll be doing a, le a leaflet drop of as many residents as I can get round, we'll advertise it as much as possible. And it won't just be police-led, it will be other agencies. Sharon, I know, has been to, to a few of them. And there'll be representation, hopefully, from Cheshire West as well. And hopefully, you, yourselves as councillors. Um, the schools, obviously, they're, they're closed or about to close for the summer. But I've enjoyed going to three of the summer fairs. Frodsham Manor House, St Luke's and Frodsham CV over the past couple of months. Um, and I'm already thinking about a variety of activities that we can do moving forward because my role's changing a little bit. The, the demands are, are different now to what they were a couple of years ago and it's just about re-evaluating and, and changing with that. I sometimes struggle to change with, with what's happening. So, um, But I'm, I'm looking at different activities. Um, I'm obviously carrying on with the Let's Walk and I've got one already booked in for September with Weaver Vale Primary School. Um, We've got uh, we've had a busy time Helsby High School um, doing transition talks with the pupils moving up from year six up to year seven in September. We attended the, the induction days and engaged with the pupils in a positive manner. We had a tug of war competition with them and um, a colleague got injured, but we won't we won't say any more on that. Um, um, myself and John, my colleague from Helsby, we're, we're looking at holding. Uh, I don't know how doable this is, a football event for all primary schools within our, our current area, which includes the Kingsley Ward. We have between us 11 primary schools, and we thought it would be great if we could all get those together, maybe years five and six, hopefully at the leisure centre, the, on the AstroTurf there, and we'll have a bit of a competition, and it's a way of, and we'll get other PCSOs from other areas, they can come down and do some refereeing and we'll actually interact and, and give out trophies and then so it's it's formulating in my head at the moment but we'll, we'll look to do something like that and then see what other activities we can do on the back of that as well. Um, CCTV, um, as most of you know I, I run a pub watch um, scheme in Crodgham and Hellsby and we meet once a month and it was raised at the last pub watch meeting um, from the members that were in attendance that um, um, it was felt like it would be a good idea 
if Roger had CCTV, external CCTV, and this is nothing new. I know when I first came to Frodsham, it was being discussed then, and there's cost issues. One thing that interested me was the the willingness from the licensees to actually put their hand in their pockets and help to fund this, and not fund it solely, but make a contribution because it's going to improve their business. If Frodsham's a safer place to come and work and play, it's in everyone's interest. Um, I was open to have a letter. The group agreed to. Um, to come up with a letter and they're going to canvas not just other licensees but other businesses um, unfortunately I've not got that letter but I offered to, to be a representative for the group to come forward today and say there's an appetite out there and it needs to be explored and it's not just Frodsham Town Council, it's not just the police, it's not just businesses or Cheshire West, it's a collective group and I think it's something we have had as was raised with the superintendent we've had some serious incidents recently pub-related, alcohol-related disorder, and we are looking at it, and I know we have increased our, our, our night, what we call our nighttime economy on a Friday and Saturday <coughs> night. That's been increased in recent weeks. It might not seem like it to, to the ordinary residents, but there are, I've seen it myself. I went till midnight on Saturday, and I actually saw a greater pre police presence than I've seen previously. So I know it's happening. Whether it's enough, I don't know. That's for the powers that be. But we need more, and CCTV will just help to make our area better for everyone. So it's 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 just something that I'd like to sort of put on the agenda somewhere so that we can we can discuss it further at a later date. But I know there's a real appetite from the, the pub watch guys. Um, pan of football. We've got a, a pan of cage football event at Saltworks on Monday, the seventh of August between 1 and 3 p.m. This is the caged football event that we hold on a regular basis. It's a free activity open to children of all ages and again it just allows us to engage with, with the, the young people in the area in a positive way um, and it gives the parents a couple of hours off as well so that can't be bad. And I've got one police surgery for August due to I might be having a holiday or two. Um, Wednesday the 9th of August between 11 and 12 I'm going to be here at Castle Park. And that's me done. And Thank I don't take you. any questions. No question. Council <laughs> <laughs> Martin. Um, it was mentioned earlier about the, perhaps the lack of visibility of police in the area by the elderly residents of the town. Mm -hmm. If you're doing a winter ward walk, it might be an idea to link it with the over 70s vouchers when we mm -hmm. walk around and give them out. Yeah, that's really good. I just need to know when mm. they, they're It's generally them. November time, but. Yeah, yeah we we'll do it in November. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, just off the back of the CCTV, um, I think it was last year that the Frodsham Conservatives actually ran a petition to try and get CCTV, which I presented, with over a thousand uh, signatures on, uh, and matrix signs as well, because we know, all know how busy the M56 and what trouble that can cause to Frodsham, uh, which I presented to Councillor Karen Shaw um, some time ago now, right. so I'm happy to refresh that. Yeah, yeah that'd be good, thanks. Uh, thank you for the World Walk on Saturday, Neil. Having seen you in action, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a nasty side on the other I have never before. seen anything like it in my life. They, the people you were talking to were petrified. <laughs> yeah. um, secondly, you know my thoughts on CCTV, but I was shouted down the minute that I brought it up from this council, and not just from this council, but from people that had sat on this council. 
I have said all along that there is a part of Frodsham that needs CCTV, yeah. um, and I'm still aware. And backing councillor Liam Jones, I've always said we need metric signing when you're coming into Frodsham yeah. because of the problems of the M56. So I hope we as a council have yeah. heard that. And lastly, um, your ward walk at Overton Five Crosses, I think uh, a bit of advertising for you, we'll get it on um, St Lawrence's newsletter so that they know that uh, it's there for you yeah. if you want. So thank yeah, you for Saturday. Yeah, no, that's fine. What I would say with CCTV, from a personal perspective, I think it's, it's a great thing. And I'm sure police-wise, if I spoke to Cheshire Police, I'm sure they, you know, they're going to be all for it as well. It, it helps us to perform our role and also hopefully will help reduce crime, which is, is what we're, we're all here for at the end of the day. So I think the prices have come down as well, haven't yeah, they? Yeah. Yeah. Liam, before you finish, Councillor Dawson wants to uh, yeah. have a say. Uh, late items at the LBF in uh, Chester. In terms of CCTV, I've asked the Police and Crime Commissioner to see whether he will make some funding available towards us. I will learn from him some early August, 2nd of August, I think is the meeting with him, you can count on some members' grant support from Lynn and me in relation to it. And there are, I don't know whether you've got uh, some of the businesses who are liaising with me looking to get CCTV as well. So, by the sound of it, we're getting it. Getting there, brilliant. That's great. That's okay, good thanks. news. Thank you, Dr. Dawson. Just before they finish it. Can I go? Brilliant. Thank you very much. Sorry, we can't have a ceremony. Chairman Clyde, has anybody spoken on the Cheshire West item? No, not yet. Um, right, next public speaker we have Mrs. Fran Sutton speaking for the Am I allowed to stay here or do you want me to work? You may stay here. <laughs> no, I think you should go up there. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously now I'm speaking not as a Frodsham Town Councillor, but as a trustee of Frodsham Youth Association. Some of you, like me, will remember going to youth club when you were a kid. You paid your thruppence on the door to get in. It was usually Friday night, and your dad also gave you, if you were lucky, a sixpence for a bottle of pop. And then basically you locked about for a couple of hours. Well, things have changed dramatically. I can't speak for the town's youth clubs, but I can tell you that our youth club does a whole lot more. Not only have they succeeded in the Duke of Edinburgh Awards Bronze, Silver and Gold, these young people will be off to Buckingham Palace early next year. The LGBT group that now has a paid youth worker to accommodate the special needs of these young people has gone from strength to strength and are now linked up with groups across the region and together are involved in so many things, all of which help them to become the adults that they want to be without fear and the confidence to achieve it. Mental health issues have been around forever, but it's only been the last few years that we are all far, far more aware of just what a major problem this is. It affects everyone, irrelevant, rich, poor, colour, your religious beliefs, and thankfully, we also now recognise in our children and the young people. And so recognising this through the work they do at the schools, they are now having separate sessions, again, to help any child or young person who wants it to talk to trained counsellors in a safe and friendly environment. The pastor from the Iron Church on Main Street approached Frodsham Youth Association to offer his help. And he, as a trained counsellor, is now with the staff holding meetings to help and counsel whoever wants it. This uh, was spurned on, not, not completely by, but um, there's a young 15-year-old who has been in care all his life and comes every week 
uh, from a children's home in Sutton Weaver, and he loves it. And because of the care and support he gets, has been brave enough to tell his story to others. And this has given some of them who need it the confidence to join in these sessions, therefore getting the much help and support that they need and deserved. It's not all gloom and doom, they do have a good time amongst all this seriousness. That bit of information will greatly upset some councillors because they believe that people who don't live in Frodsham should not be allowed to attend Frodsham Youth Association. And for those of you sceptics amongst you, I don't lie, but if you don't want to take my word for it, please take the time to go there and talk to the staff and let's not forget all the volunteers. This then leads me on to the um, PMP recommendation for later on. Um, I'm, I'm not going to ask you, I'm begging you not to do this because I can't see that anyone sitting around this table, there may be odd ones that think they can walk on water, but not one of us can see into the future. You can't tonight sit and say, this time next year, what Fodgham Youth Association is going to need or not going to need. And I, all I ask is that you reconsider. And I'm not saying don't vote on it again next year and reduce the money, that's fine, but do it next year. You've agreed to give them the, the full quota this year. So all I'm asking is you don't vote on the, the automatic reduction from next year. Nobody knows what's going to happen. With a bit of luck, they won't need any money from us because some nice person will die and leave them millions of pounds. But unless that happens, all I'm saying is that the LGP alone, um, you know, if, if, if they become even bigger and it becomes even more popular, you don't know the youth association might have to employ somebody else. There's all these other things as well. It's not just that, obviously. Um, but that's all I'm asking you to consider tonight, is that you hold off on this reduction of this money until next year. Thank you. Thanks, Fran. Well, we, we'll get to that, yeah. hopefully, tonight, <laughs> when we get to that agenda item. Um, can we move on, then? We haven't got any... Um, agenda item 53, finance management, 1st of May to the 30th of June, to note the finance report. Yeah, so this is actually the end of the first quarter. Looking at the pink pages. Yeah, um, it's gone so very quickly, quartering through the year. Um, as you can see, um, we've spent 22% of the budget, um, but we've already exceeded our income target. Um, the expenditure on the environment, which looks high, is because of the expenditure on the Manly Road Cops clearance, which although the work was carried out last year, wasn't actually paid for until this financial year. We paid the first half payment towards the PCSO costs, um, and the um, income, the reason that we've sort of exceeded the um, target, is because it does include £5,146 of Mayor's Fund, which related to activities um, in the previous year, mostly, and 1,400, which was from the members' budget towards the costs of the St George's Day Parade, which again came in later than expected. And then an unexpected expenditure was that the traffic management for last year's Christmas festival uh, got missed, um, which was £600, so we've had to pay that out this quarter. Um, and then, as usual, we've explained what the other income has been, which was £606. So it's the photocopying, the rent for Redline Bowling Club, and the money for the telephone boxes. 
um, the bank reconciliation. So at the end of the first quarter, we've got cash of £405,199.46. And then we've got the breakdown of the expenditure against the budget, the um, monthly cash book, and the payments and the receipts for June. Can I can I ask a question? Yeah, sure. Um, I I I I've gone through all these with other people as well with these figures. Um, I can't understand why we've lost two and a half thousand. On the on the first page it is um, yeah. the budget. Um, it says uh, it was two hundred fifty six thousand. 488. I get it to 2,508. 488. The balance should have been 198225. And I get it to 195875. Yeah, what isn't included in those breakdowns is the uh, World War One working group budget. So that hasn't been included in those totals. But ask why, because what I'm saying is, through you, Chair, is if members of the public get all of these sheets, yeah. you, can't, you can't go around prodding to 10,000 people and tell them, tell them that. These, what the public see, and that's what concerns me, through you, Chair. We can, add the, we can add the World War One expenditure in there, Frank, that's not an issue. And the other thing that isn't not, shown I'm in not, there is the BAT. Listen, I'm not saying that, Claire. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, why is the 2500 missing out of this? Now, there's, there's two of you looking after cash. You're the chief, yeah. and we've got a bookkeeper, and yet we're 2500 pounds down. Yeah. So it means on, on this... On the budget, Frank, the two and a half thousand is the World War One budget, and it's not shown in the in the, the figures. I'm just telling you, you should show every penny to the public. That's what I'm saying. Right. We're, we're, I'm, I'm not making. I'm not saying you're wrong, and this should be in and shouldn't be out. It's like wearing a pair of pajamas and you don't put them on. What I'm saying to you, members of the public. When they ask for these, and they look at them, and the figures don't add up to what's been put on here, they have a right to know, and they've asked me. So, in saying that, that even if we spent, even if we spent all the budget, and all the capital, we spent it all, we've still got a surplus of 209.324 over Shall at the end we, of the year. Shall we... Refer that to the Finance Scrutiny Subcommittee to be resolved. All right, I'm happy with that. Okay, yeah, I'd just like to ask you a question about salaries, please. Um, the, the salaries, I assume, it's for April, May, and June. Um, April 426199 and June 52649. I was expecting to see salaries as almost a flat line, same amount per month. Why is there a variance per month, please? I can't answer that just off the top of my head, Councillor Reynolds, but I will find out and get back to you on it. And report well, back to Council. Thanks, Hazel. But it's, again, it's this, we've got meetings every two months now, so um, does that mean we've got to wait for two months for a reply? No, I will send you a personal reply. 
and I'll copy everybody else into it. Yeah, thanks, Abel. Um, so we're done on finance, then. Anybody else got any questions? Right, can we move on then to agenda item 54, committee minutes? Um, so we should note committee minutes for the Environment Committee of the 6th of June and the 4th of July. Yeah, there's no recommendations. Okay. Could I fetch to the attention of you, if you don't mind? Um, is that um, when you're writing to West Cheshire concerning the trees in our lane, I hope after three years' wait that we, as well, tell them that we own 300 yards of it that belongs our fields in church fields. It's not just our lane, we're in our lane, mm. our edges. <coughs> and that belongs onto the church field and it's our responsibility and it's covering two big lights at night which can't light up. So have they looked at that? No. No, just half the job. It belongs to us. Church people. I think there was an intention to carry out a true survey on the. On yeah, the um, myself and the facilities manager were going to do that, but due to work commitments, it's not gone ahead yet. But that is on. I'm only going on the print, not what the people was going to do or afterwards. Well, I'm actually, reading what, here, what the public reads. Does actually make a reference to myself and the facilities manager actually going to do that, I think. Yeah, on item 9. Item 9, yeah. Right, okay. okay. Uh, can I just let you read item uh, 11.2 in terms of footpaths? Um, and I noticed that Hoverforce um, mentioned there. Uh, again, it goes back to Hoverforce seems to be uh, Marmite subjects at present in and around Frontier, but I still think we should be inviting them um, to, to speak to um, the council before the council meeting because. Um, I, I, I've actually been round uh, what, they've, what, they've, what they've got there. I, I do seem to think that they, um, uh, you know, they have made a, an awful lot of effort to, uh, to, to actually sort of make it into a, a, a business environment, and, and I think we should be inviting them. Uh, if, we, if we have to place restrictions on them, we place restrictions on them within planning, but we don't try, we don't try to affect the business. That's just my view, and I'd, I'd like to see that we're more proactive with other thoughts. I think the, the problem that we've got there is that they currently have a planning application in, and they're subject to, well, the Cheshire West officers do the enforcement on the planning. So I don't know how we'd stand, whether, whether our interference would be welcome. Perhaps Andrew Dawson, Councillor Dawson, might to give us an update on where things are with Hover Force. I can do it very, very quickly now. I was going to do it in a few minutes. Uh, their planning application to change condition one, which is the condition for the Temporary Planning Commission, is going to be considered by the Planning Committee on the 1st of August. All welcome to go along and make representations. I have circulated today an email from Cheshire West and Chester to all councillors about that. Or suggested that you to. Yes, I'm just going to do it. So perhaps we're better waiting until that's out of the way before we consider inviting you. Okay. Anything else on environment? 
Can I make a proposal, Madam Chair, that we take on block items one, two, three, four, missing out five because of uh, Mrs. Sutton, uh, recommendation six, seven, eight, and nine. Can we, the council, take on block? Yes, yeah, I'll check on that. So. Okay, all those in favour that we do that? Are we now voting on whether we support them or yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can, I, can I just read an item, uh, item nine, please? Um, can, can you, um, we, uh, uh, are we obliged to only pay a chair's um, allowance rather than a mayor's allowance uh, according to the um, handbook? It's the, it's the issue is only our issue because we've split the role. Normally the chair would be mayor as well. So it's the, the, both the mayor and the chair can access that pot of funding. Okay. okay. So then all those in favour of um, recommendations 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Right. Recommendation five now. Um, it was the, the youth club were happy to agree to a gradual reduction in their funding while they built up their fundraising techniques, and uh, we looked at this again at PMP, and we we are recommending that we we drop the uh, the money down from eight thousand to six thousand. <coughs> for 2018-19. Now we've heard from Mrs Sutton on behalf of the Youth Club. Um, having talked to um, Councillor Poulton and I were recently at the Youth Club with um, David Briggs, the... Sorry, what's his name? I wasn't you were The Lieutenant of oh, sorry, yes, it was, sorry, it was Liam Jones and myself that were there. And having talked to uh, the youth leader there as well, certainly that David Briggs was coming up with lots of useful suggestions for fundraising and grants. Um, but my understanding is that the youth leader is content that we do start reducing the amount. So I'm, I'm in favour that we, we drop it down from eight to 6,000 next year. Can I just say that we met Nikki um, socially. Uh, it wasn't a meeting. Actually, it was shopping in Morrison. She was getting the stuff for the youth club. Um, and Nikki seemed quite acceptable and said that she could quite go along with it as if we didn't take it down this year, so if we remained at 8,000 this year and took it down to 6,000. Yeah. I think there can be a proviso, uh, Mrs Sutton, um, but if there is a need, they can always come back to us. But I think this is what we set out a long time ago, that we wanted the youth club to become more independent financially. And I appreciate all the hard work they're doing. I appreciate the LGBT community and I appreciate this great thing that they're doing with lunches in the school period and staying at the youth club. There is no reason that they, can they can't come back to us if they have got a crisis. But I think if, if we start this on a roll, then it will be best for them and best for us. Yes. I would like yeah. to add as well that they have had a, a reasonable amount of funding from Cheshire West yes. and Chester for That's the right. LGBT group. Yeah. 
That's what I was going to say. Councillor yeah. Jones. Yeah, there's no doubt that this is a great club and all that. Um, we have got the roof repairs that are going to cost about seven to eight thousand pounds that we need to seek funding for, and uh, we're trying to put those out and allocate those funds, as which I've previously mentioned at other council meetings. Um, but it isn't without trying that we go to all these um, organisations and ask for funding. And each year is a battle to try and get funding, and we have to manage that. But I would ask that this council sticks to the commitment of eight thousand pounds and does not reduce its money and commitments to fraudulent youth. Can I can I ask one question then to Councillor Jones? What does he mean? The roof, or do you mean the ceiling? Now I'm being told the ceiling. Both. Am, am I wrong? Both. The ceiling and both. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, and yet it's Robertson Fane's. Guaranteed for Sorry, 25 what? years. It's what? Robertson and Fane's roofing. It is, it's steel and, and plastic and it's guaranteed for 25 years and it's not been up there 25 years. I looked at the record. Right. Well, there's leaking coming through. Uh, the roof has deteriorated and it's yeah. currently a health and safety hazard. Well, I'm, 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 yeah. all right. well, with that information, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm supporting you, Councillor Bolton. That uh, we stick. Um, now, I know we've got people from the youth club in the room, and they've heard Councillor Pennington. So there might be a process of going back to see if the guarantee is still in place, yes. and to see if your insurers are prepared to do anything. And have a look. Um, the main program works with the moment. We had to remove all the ceiling tiles of the LDBC group and I know it's going from strength to strength and I know it's becoming part of Phoenix which I'm etc etc um, I'm still not being included in the youth club I'm not being included I'm being cut out of it and I'm being told that um, certain other councillors are saying that I'm talking through my backside so I'm really really angry at the situation of not being included of being excluded um, and I do think yeah, I want to support the youth club and I think it's a fantastic thing. Good. But I think it's got to become, eventually, become self-funded. Yes. And we can't, we don't know whether we're going to be here in five years. Well, well the club is over and you are, I believe, on the circulation list for minutes and meetings. No, I am. I talked to Sean and Sean last time. Yeah. But I'm still not getting things. I'm, I'm not being included, Liam. Yeah. I'm, I'm not being included. Well, you're not far away from the club, you know, 
Yeah, I'm sorry, chair, but I'm not being included in the thing. Yeah, chair, well, yeah. Can you let Councillor Donna Critchley speak, please, instead of being... Please? The chair's discretion. Yeah. That's fine, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, so, I just say that I'm sorry, I did, uh, I did include Rebound in the meeting. The, the only email that I have received is to invite me out to, uh, to a social evening for a meal. Oh, no, we, we had our meeting. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I work shift works and it isn't always convenient. But as for any meetings, even if you, you get together and, and have a meeting, which obviously, no offence, Fran, you have prepared something. I'm not included in that. And I know I'm an outsider in that respect because I think, Charlotte, you've got to respect from the, through the chair is that Councillor Critchley is a named member to be on the youth club. Exactly. So therefore she should be given every right given to attend every, every meeting that right. she wants to. Absolutely. I had spoken to Donna because um, I'd had missed a number out of her email address so she hadn't had them. But the most since then we didn't have a June meeting, so there wasn't anything to invite to. Um, invited to the most recent meeting and I do appreciate the push of work. The minutes haven't come out yet but you will be on the circulation list but that's on okay. um, an intentional thing. Right. Okay. So the major I've, I've seconded uh, what Council of Paul said. I'd like to counterpropose that. I'd like to propose that we stick to a thousand pound commitment. Okay. Well, well I don't. Can I just please say, as I said, I just don't know why I've got to make that decision now. Why can't we make it this time next year? It's I'm simple not. As no, I'm sorry. Right. I don't think Councillor Jones needs to make that proposal being a member of the youth club. No, I finally can. No, you can't. No, it's I not. Think, orders. Well, well we, we can't put it off. We can't well, I'll make that proposal then. So I'm not involved in the youth club. I'll make that proposal. Sorry, what are you proposing? I'm going to propose that the actual planned reduction of £6,000 in 2018-19 it's not decided on now, but it's decided on next year. Well, be before we go down this route, we've got to look at financial years. And we can't put it off for a year because the youth club want their money at the beginning of the financial year. So if the decision for us, in an ideal world, if we can go ahead of April, that's okay. Okay, so uh, well then, shall we say February or March, which, we, which yes. is the logical thing to look yeah. at? Yeah. Well, well, budget starts in November, doesn't it? It's part of the budget setting process. Oh, January then, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I'm agree with that. All right. So we'll defer the decision until January. The budget. Yes. It's part of the budget setting process. Setting. Yes. Are you going to vote it or do we need second? I'll second that. So the proposal is now that the reduction to 6,000 is considered, not dis considered now, but considered as part of the budget setting process later yes. in the year. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So that's seconded right. by PM. So that's an amendment to the proposal. So we need to vote on that. Right. I can't vote on anything. <laughs> so all those in favour of amending the proposal? Agreed. Yeah. Can't vote yet. It's a majority act. So the amended proposal then becomes um, <coughs> that we agree the six thousand um, 
for this financial year, 
Servantry Committee terms of reference proposed and seconded by Councillor Pennington and Brown to agree the surplus £10,401.08 should be added to the earmark reserve for the burial ground maintenance proposed by Councillor Pritchard and Brown and the EP1 to approve the topographical survey of £475 plus back proposed by Councillors Pennington and Brown. I'd like to propose that they're all granted on block. Second. Second. Yeah. All those in favour? Yeah. Right, agenda item 55, uh, to note the minutes of the World War One working group meetings held on 17th of May, 14th of June, 12th of July. Um, uh, is it the appropriate time to actually raise this item about uh, the Part B item again in the World War One group? I, I, I personally would rather see this in part A rather than part B. Hazel, you've talked to... I've talked to the, the author of the letter and she preferred it to be done in part B. Well, the author of the letter isn't on front of town council. No, and I've she listened to, to what the author of the letter has said, con consulted with the chair of the meeting and we've agreed it would be part B. I, I think it should be out of the, I think it should be out of the public domain. I don't like part B, never have liked part B. Well, if... I think we should respect the wishes of the chair of the World War I Working Group who wants it to remain in Part B. And I don't like Part B, as anybody who know, knows me knows. But I think we should adhere to the wishes of a volunteer who's working. I don't like a lot of things, but I'm not talking about it. We have to go. Okay, so we intend to say Part B. Yeah. 55-2, um, Neighbourhood Plan Steering Group, to note the minutes of the yeah. Steering group meetings, 18th May, 1st of June, yeah. 29th of June, 13th of July. Yeah, everybody can that. 55-3, Christmas Festival Working Group, to note the next meeting is on Wednesday, the 26th of July, 2pm at the Arts Centre. 
Do we have who, who are representatives on that? You know. It's just an awkward time, isn't it? Sorry, because I didn't want to go on that business. Yeah, I think the the issue is that it involves a lot of officers of like Chester, West and Chester, yeah. and, and for them it's more yeah. appropriate to meet during the day. Um, but it is an open meeting and anybody that is available is welcome to attend. Um, Town Clerk, can I seek your advice here? Um, we add an item in the financial statement to say that we'd lost it or there was something that there was the Christmas festival. I mean, we're in July. I mean, uh, is there budget not controlled that all the monies are paid out beforehand? The issue what is that part of the money is raised by Lufrodgen and part of the money is raised by, is, is, a, is managed by us, you know, the 8,000 we've allocated for the Christmas festival. And it was just a misunderstanding between who was actually paying for that bill. And because of uh, the company that does it, that does it as a, at a special rate, as a special favour, um, it just got slipped. But this, it won't happen again this year because I'll be on top of it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so can we move on to agenda item 56, office accommodation? Is there an update, please? Um, the only update is that we're fully ensconced now in room one upstairs. Um, we've nearly cleared the space out there. Um, just some final clearing out to do. Um, and there's no update on the other accommodation. Okay. Just as a matter of interest, is there a new tenant moving in to the ground floor fairly soon? Uh, I think there's a business plan being developed as we speak, but I don't know any more than that. Okay. The councillors rallying. Those are made, no more. We've got probably something to say about Okay. Right, agenda item 57, internal audit report 2016-17. To note the internal audit report and the four minor issues raised. VAT debtor at the year end does not agree to the cash book. Um, the difference is £3 and is due to an error in the 15-16 cash book where insurance premium tax was incorrectly classified as VAT. Um, the correct amount of VAT was actually being claimed from HMRC and um, so that should be written off in the next slot of accounts, 17-18 accounts. Um, the risk assessment was a month late when we brought it to committee. Um, it should always, you should actually do the risk assessment within the financial year and we did it in March the previous year and then we didn't do it till April so we didn't have a risk assessment with you during the financial year. Um, oh, there was an issue about making sure that we get purchase order numbers from those companies that have to provide purchase order numbers in order to get invoices paid for room hire um, and the um, there was a, a minute in, I put the wrong month, so basically all the paperwork was for the correct month, but actually in the minute I'd said August instead of September, so it was about correct in the minute. Okay, okay. so Anybody got anything to raise on that? No, no. Right. Um, 
Agenda item 59. No, excuse me, please. Can we go back to agenda item 58? No, because it's... No, no, hang on, no, no, no. I wish to ask the clerk a question. I wish to ask the clerk, on what basis and understanding orders has the clerk excluded item 58? It's... I drop the agenda... Yeah. It's, it's not in standing orders, standing orders relate to the meeting. Yeah, the, standing, the agenda is an, is an integral part of a meeting. Yeah, and the, and agenda, and the, the agenda, and the agenda is published three, three days in advance yeah. so that people know what is on the agenda. Yeah. And item 58 was on the agenda and all it looks is that this town council is so embarrassed about, it, about how it's uh, unlawfully called it what I mean. It's trying to it's trying to get out of explaining no. to the public how, how it's failed. There are two code of conduct processes ongoing at the moment, and any discussion at this them. meeting, at this, yes, if we had discussion at this meeting, that would prejudice those proceedings. It doesn't. This is about the meet the prior to the meeting in March. Yourself and the chair no, knew. No, sorry, I'm not discussed this. Yourself at this and the chair knew. That we're going to be out of the time. Sorry, you know, it you made mistakes by that before. It can be discussed. No, it can't. It was, we were misled. These can we move on, please? Agenda item misled. 59, late area plans, Park Lane. Um, when is it going to be discussed then, please? When is the next item? That this, when is this going to be discussed? It will be discussed once the proceedings are completed. But can you give me a time scale there, please? I can't, actually, because I only found out about this on Friday myself. Well,. <laughs> We're in the hands of March. Cheshire West and Chester at the moment. That's all we're not in the hands of Cheshire West and Chester. Yes, we are. No, no. Uh, can I'm I make a comment? Uh, no, no, we're not going to discuss it. Um, agenda item 59. Uh, Councillor Neil, have you got an update on Park Lane for us? Yes, I have. Uh, but first, I'd just like to say thank you to Councillor Williamson, Councillor Lawton and his wife for the day we had on Park Lane. It was absolutely brilliant. It brought back memories of the 70s community spirit and for the councils that attended it was a really, really good day. So thank you for that. Right, so I'm not going to waffle on. So where are we up to? I notice in the minutes from the last but one community meeting it says we expect it to be between 32 and 38,000 pounds. I was under the assumption we only had £36,000 to use on the play areas. So what myself and Pat did, we've got it down now to £29,000, which would allow, I thought, Townfield Lane to have their money. I was unaware there was another £36,000. So we've got it down to £29,000. Uh, if it goes ahead and it's accepted tonight, it would be starting roughly 10 weeks time and three weeks to complete. Um, it, it's solely the play area, nothing to do with the outdoor gym or anything like that. I apologise for not getting the documents to councillors due to personal issues, but uh, I'd give copies to Hazel I've got all the guarantees, registration certificates, etc. for you all to look at because there's a lot more brand new people on this than me. So I'll just open it up to the council now to discuss it or vote on it really. Where we go um, Councillor Colton and Councillor Brown. I think the thing is, is it's quite easy now, is that we've seen that we've got the funds to fund both projects that can go alongside each other. And I think really, um, 
if council is minded, we can vote that the two proposals of the two play areas go through simultaneous if the chair of communities is in agreement. And we spend what's needed to be spent within the budget. And then we can go forward from that. Anybody prepared to second that? Oh, I'll second that. Just a minor question about the safety matter. Um, are you going to use the same kind of stuff that we've used on church fields that hasn't been very successful? Well, we, we can negotiate Yes, I know we can negotiate that because I've seen it's not very successful either. Um, I can see your point points on it. Um, I'm not, yeah. Sorry, I know when you got one. I just wanted to ask, you said you've got the figure down to 29,000. What was it before? 36. And what did you make, what did you lose to make We lost, uh, um, there was things like picnic tables and stuff like that on there. We got them removed and there was a memory swing that um, an adult can sit in with a child and we actually got that knocked down to a, a normal biking swing to get it on. 29. If the council saw fit to come back to the 32 for the memory swing, then that, that's up to the council. Councillor Sutton. Just know, all I, all I want to say is that obviously we've, we've got this whatever we've agreed that there is an amount of money. Uh, these fab people have got it down to that, so mm. whether what, what the flooring is or what they've got, we, we, we can agree it now, we can yeah. sort that out at a later date. Don't let's put this off for nothing. No, 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 I don't want to, but no, if, if um, no, no, no. Councillor Neil was talking about starting in 10 or 12 But I would welcome any any uh, advice off councillors here who know a lot more about stuff like this with what yeah. has gone on church deals. Yeah. Yeah. If you can just go on from what Councillor Sutton said, I mean, you know, we've earmarked 36 and 36. If for safety reasons you need to get to complement with what the chair said, because we have had problems with that matter. Yeah, yeah. If we need to take it up again, or if we need to put the members in, it's there, isn't it? Yes. So yeah. can we just, so it's a quickie, can we yeah. just say, yeah. yeah. are we prepared to vote? Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm just going to say, with Steve, the Adrian Maidu we've been talking to, he's willing to talk to anybody, and he's very, very compliable yeah. 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 Can I say, Chair, that um, what Councillor Neil's missed out, um, is the 25 years guarantee though? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll give this to please, uh, think that's I think that's the first time we've had something yeah. so it's concrete about. Yeah, made right. in England. So, with, you, you wanted to vote on the two together? Yes. yes, please. So, well, just very briefly, for those that have not had a chance to read the Townville Lane, um, we had an excellent meeting of the working group with the, the parents. We, we're all in agreement about what we do want. And they're happy for us just to do this first phase and basically replace, refurbish what is already there. And then the second phase where we're talking about natural play equipment, that's a longer term project and we'll look for funding towards that grant. So the, the proposal then is... I, I, from what I'm hearing, the proposal is to allow up to £36,000 for each of the play areas. That's right. Yes. No. So I'm seconding. Second All those in favour. Yay. What a night. Thank you. 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 Th
Can I just mention one thing? Uh, while we have that community party, community centre, were absolutely marvellous. They helped us with the chairs and tables. And I think it is a good advert for the community project. Quickly, just on what Pat said, I made sure um, that on Facebook, you know, that I, I tried to list everybody because there was a guy that, if he hadn't have lent us his two big vans, uh, there was a guy who just stood there all day cooking burgers. There was, you know, plus all the work that you and Lindsay did behind yeah. the scenes and, and that. So the generator man in Kingsway. Yeah. But the community centre saved the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, they were excellent. Can we move on then, yeah. please? Yeah, because sure. we're running out of time. Um, could we ask our Cheshire West councillors to come up and give us their report, please? Yeah. Thank you, Chair. I'm sorry for the uh, in and out and uh, late arrivals tonight, but it's uh, quite difficult to be in three places all at the same time. <laughs> but uh, but we, do, we do try. Uh, very interesting tonight to hear what Councillor Shaw have got to say in response to your questions. Um, uh, congratulations on getting around the table. Uh, we are, we're finding it quite difficult at the moment to get any questions answered by uh, the Council at Cheshire West at all. If you, uh, if you ever watch a Council meeting, you'll see just how difficult it is um, to, to get to answering questions on the night. So uh, jolly well done on that. Just to uh, let you know where we are with the, um, uh, the issues that you raised on car parking, um, the strategy has been approved as Councillor Shaw did um, tell you. We have however called that in. Uh, we don't feel that uh, there's been a, 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 an in-depth enough analysis done of the economic impacts of some of the proposals and at a time of uncertainty around Brexit and some of the uh, sort of rating issues that some of our, particularly our independents, are facing, we don't think some additional uncertainty is actually helpful for a lot of our small service centres. So we want to make sure that uh, any proposals are brought in that are going to work for us here in places like Frodham, rather than just working for the council. Uh, so we haven't yet had a date back. They did offer us uh, tomorrow, but uh, given that we only called it in on uh, uh, sort of Friday of last week, we thought that was perhaps a little uh, a little too soon. So uh, you, you need eight Cheshire West councillors to call it in, and you're looking to add two of them. Uh, we fully intend to give it large. Uh, one of the issues I have is political cowardice. If you're a councillor and you're in an executive position, you should be the one making the decision as to whether or not car parking charges are to be introduced, not officers. And I think there's a fundamental democratic problem uh, with what's proposed. I was at the LDF uh, tonight. Lots of things that were there that we, we will find interesting. Uh, one is the Gypsy and Traveller site policy for Cheshire West. It's something that, has, that the council has struggled with. Uh, and effectively the decision tonight has been to park that policy until probably 2019. Now, this has pros and cons. It has the pro in the sense that it gets Cheshire West off the book of not having a policy. It is going to have one, it believes, in 2019, but that's going to be subject to the planning inspectors say so. However, the risk in the meantime will be that as there is likely to be an under-provision of uh, Gypsy and Travellers sites within the borough, if someone makes an application for a site not in Greenbelt but outside Greenbelt, there is a chance that they might have it approved. Unfortunately, the council got itself caught in a situation of having created public sites in two locations 
it found itself having to allocate those sites to gypsies and travellers without connections to the borough. So we might be finding ourselves in the curious situation that we've made provision, provision's now been taken up, we now have to make more provision uh, than had previously been expected. In relation to Protoss, uh, there's a particular allocation considered tonight. There is, quote, land to the east of Protoss, which of course is right on our boundary over there. Uh, and you'll be glad to know that when Ellesmere Port and Neston had that site, they deliberately allowed it for expansion land for Protoss. We don't believe they will have it or use it before 2030, and therefore that site will now be treated as open countryside. I asked what will give us the greatest protection, the greatest control. The answer was open countryside, so I proposed it and it got passed unanimously. Good news for Frodsham housing allocations, depending on your point of view. Uh, all our housing allocations between now and 2030 have now been exhausted. You can ponder what that means in terms of not expanding between now and 2030 other than windfall sites. So I would urge you all to have a look at some of the paperwork that is coming forward through the uh, uh, local plan working group because um, as, as you, you get a, a little snapshot from us every time we sit around the table here but it's going to have you know, significant implications for the neighbourhood plan that Frodham is uh, considering. I mean one of the other things that we have to factor into that is how housing uh, you know, is very, very topical at the minute, there's lots on the news about it. But alongside that, we have to look at local employment opportunities as well. And I think we've all got sort of uh, those things that immediately spring to mind that says, Ooh, what about that land? What about that land? And pretty much all those, those little thoughts that come to mind in and around the Frodham area are outside of the gift because we've not had that whole essential uh, sort of greenbelt location debate. So there's, there's an awful lot of risk right now uh, in being able to deliver the second part of the local plan, which is something that we all actually need. There's um, lots of good news coming forward uh, for Cheshire Western Chester because um, as a council working with others, it's been selected as one of the government pilot sites for new starter homes. So there's been uh, quite a lot of money uh, put forward through the Homes and Communities Agency to kickstart some new starter homes uh, for the borough. Uh, we have uh, lobbied quite hard for some of that to take place in rural locations and locations outside of places where housing is already quite cheap by relative standards in the borough. It would appear that that's sort of falling on deaf ears as well and most of the starter homes seem to be being delivered in Winsford where you could argue that housing is a little bit more affordable. Where you really need starter homes is where house prices are quite high because we struggle to find key workers to work in our schools and our doctors and, and things of that nature because property prices around here are what they are. If you do look at the local plan, we had an agenda of 560 pages tonight, which is four times the size of an annual budget, so uh, I was not impressed with having to deal with that. There is a 1.6 hectare employment site in Frodsham, and that's at Townfield Lane, but there is no new site yet for a household waste recycling centre. Should we talk air quality? Uh, you can talk air quality if you wish. Uh, the air quality consultation period has been extended to the 4th of August, uh, so there will be hopefully another drop-in. Have you got the other date for the drop-in? Uh, I think it was the 31st that was being mooted. Right, so there's another time to get debating in relation uh, to that. Well, last Friday, uh, Lynn and I went on to the Halton Curve opening event uh, just across the border at the Holiday Inn. 
uh, what have you. Um, we spoke at length to the uh, network rail people there. Not one of them had heard of any car park expansion proposals in Frodsham. There were some seriously impressive people, by the way. Uh, what was wonderful to see were the number of professional women in very senior places actually are responsible for delivering the project. So impressed were we to see them that we've asked that at least one of them goes along to Alsby High School to start talking STEM subjects to the boys and girls there because they're truly impressive uh, uh, people. One of the questions that we would have asked on the Thursday night at Council had we been able to get there would have been, are there any plans for station car park expansion? But unfortunately, we never got a chance to ask that question, so we'll only find out what the answer is in the minutes. So the good news is, is that work has now officially started on the Holton Curve, so you might actually see activity uh, on the skyline. Um, the proposals are that the curve itself, the physical infrastructure, will be in place by about uh, sort of April, May next year with the refranchising of the routes and the trains literally arriving in December 2018. So given that that is almost uh, sort of 15 months away, the imperative about sort of trying to make ready for car parking provision becomes ever more pressing. And, you know, we literally raise it every week, every month and you know, unfortunately, we still don't have a shovel-ready scheme to uh, to to go for Frodham, and it is very disappointing to hear that you know uh, we're we're looking at action plans that could be uh, zero to five years for Frodham. So I suspect we might get parking regulation and charges before we get the capacity that we're going to need to um, you know make out or maximum advantage for the town around the Holton Curve. It was a very exciting and very uh, positive meeting. What was, however, very grating for um, Andrew, myself and Alan Mackay is it was all about, isn't this great for the Liverpool economy? And yes. £100 million pounds into the Liverpool economy is great and North Wales is getting something. And there was absolutely no mention of our local economy. Now, you know, we're all very confident that there will be lots of people who want to come to Frodham for all the great reasons that we know, but without the infrastructure to be able to facilitate some of that, it's going to be, you know, more of a risk for us right now than it is for an advantage, and that's the sort of questions that we want the, um, you know, administration at Cheshire West to uh, to address. So there'll be one train per hour in each direction from Chester to Liverpool, that's going to be the initial service, but the Welsh Government, is also, which are largely responsible for letting to the franchises, is looking for additional services because they're very anxious to see services connecting into North Wales in particular, because they see uh, access to Liverpool Airport as one of the key drivers. One of the things I found most, most interesting is that uh, Network Rail hadn't actually considered what I, the journeys that I will be making, which is walking out of my house and going to London. <coughs> and I think there'll be an awful lot of people who've been wanting to go to uh, Frodsham or Halsby and connecting to Runcorn to get trains down to London and back. And if they've underestimated that, just think again of the build on the car parking provision. Mm -hmm. The other disappointing thing is we know at the end of the station car park there is a nib of land, which is, does belong to Network Rail. Why is it that nobody has actually been speaking to them from Cheshire West to actually join the dots together? I've written to them, I've told them, as far as I'm concerned, I've pushed in, but there doesn't appear to be any knowledge within Network Rail that there is those, those discussions are required. But we have at least met some people who have promised to put us in touch with some uh, appropriate people, so we will be uh, sort of on that over the and, summer. And the final comment in relation to this is the station, sorry, the station single box is going to be 
renewed and refurbished entirely inside and the old semaphore signals are coming down. I've asked for the semaphore signal that's right up on the embankment to be given to the town so that we can put it in a suitable location, whether somewhere in Castle Park or, or somewhere else, together with some of the original uh, frame gear from the signal box. I mean, I could see kids playing with it somewhere here. I could also see it being preserved in a museum-type setting, and Network Rail will look into that uh, for us too. Fantastic. Uh, you've heard very briefly tonight that there is a tree strategy out. It's worth a read. Um, it's taken some time to prepare. I have to say it's uh, it's got some very interesting things in it. And don't roll your eyes because this has actually been prepared by the Mersey Forest who know who know what they're doing when it comes to trees. Uh, Mersey Forest are the people that uh, Andrew and I have put some members' budget uh, into delivering, um, you know, at least the feasibility study about, you know, some uh, improved access around the River Weaver. They are phenomenal people. They have the ear of government when it comes to trees and forests and, and the health benefits around uh, sort of trees and things like that. So uh, I know that there is some, some very good stuff in that because... Yeah, I can, we had a speaker from... Mercy Forest came to one of our uh, committee meetings, and coming, they have been you? very well. We've been very fortunate that they enabled grants to do work in Hobbit Wood as well. You, you've just reminded me, actually. Um, I saw on the BBC website uh, a week or so ago uh, an article all about wonderful women and what have you. One of the women that I read about has proposed a cycle route on the River Thames, a floating cycle route on the River Thames, and I suddenly went, "Oh my God, that is the answer for us." with regard to the, the issue of having a cycle route going down the Weaver all the way down to Acton Bridge, you may recall there's a little uh, triangle of land where there are uh, caravans where you, we actually have to get off the uh, path and go around and you suddenly realise that's the answer, a short stretch of floating um, cycleway down there. So that is the sort of thing that I shall push on with. You heard about Pollock Force because the 1st of August uh, is the planning committee. With regard to any slight shortfall you might have in your play provision, do think about Section 106 monies. We were just having a little natter back there. We think there might be a little bit more left, so can't promise, but ask and look and we might find well, something for you. We'll have, a, you. we'll have a look at that. Uh, I'm afraid we don't have any updates for you at all on the uh, Sport and Leisure Review that was commissioned some time ago, so uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep asking some of the officers responsible for that or leaving and retiring, so everything sort of tends to uh, reset. But we will uh, push on with that, along with the master plan for the uh, centre of town, which we would hope will bring forward some much-needed housing for Frodham, but with the caveat that it has to be the right sort of housing for the centre of Frodham. And finally, from me, I wasn't here for Frank's comment on contaminated land. Um, all I do know is that in 2007, one of the first things I did was to have Bale Royal look into the contaminated land down at the Scout. Yeah, what was well, the outcome of that council? Uh, they weren't concerned. They were. It's, it's they safe were. as long as you do anything yeah, with it. If you want yeah. to start building the car park, and you have to decontaminate. Well, no, 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 car park would probably be okay, providing it was just mine. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. When, Can when I just sorry? Could uh, oh.
All I was just going to say was I wouldn't bother with network rail. They hear the word fraudulent and run a mile. They owe us 130 odd grand, don't they? So. <laughs> well, they, they do, but they could pay us back by starting when the litter bit. Litter 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 oh, the whole thing, December 18. Yeah. Well, you know why they call them the Mersey type, don't you? When you're in fraudulent, it's £3.60 a pint. You <laughs> get a £7 return to Liverpool, and it's only £1.90. <laughs> I'm with you, Frank. I'd just like to know if you can uh, cast any light on the problem that some residents of Park Lane have been having with um, items that to the, uh, uh, the back doors, uh, the gates of the, uh, uh, by the park, um, because it has upset a, a number of residents in the fact that uh, they feel that they've had gateways there for many, many, many years, and that they have uh, certain rights which now just sort of seem to be uh, I mean, one, one, one particular guy, um, John Morgan, a very unassuming man, who would um, not say boot to a goose, um, he, uh, he found a, a big piece of sandstone dumped at the back of his uh, gateway. I did offer him a fiver for it, but um, he, didn't, he didn't take me up on it. He cast me a line on that. Well, you'll, you'll forgive me for not going into too many details because there are negotiations going on between the officers at Cheshire West and uh, residents on, on Park Lane, and I'm very pleased from, to report that the negotiations are continuing in a very amicable uh, spirit, and it looks like they're going to be very, very close to a satisfactory agreement for everybody, and I, I applaud everybody involved the positive spirit in which they have engaged. But what was it a positive way to just dump something? Is that a negotiation? I think there was perhaps some preamble before before there was uh, there, there was significant uh, there was discussions beforehand, but the, the, the key thing is we're look, we're looking at amicable solutions uh, where everybody's happy to go, yeah that, that suits us all down to the ground and everybody's happy and the same process okay. is going is being extended to everyone who has uh, public, public private access into Castle Park because it is something that needs regularising. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Andrew. Okay. Just a quick point for information, okay. actually, and apologies if you're aware of it already, oh, but to do with the Halton Curve, uh, if it, the, the large area oh, land on Mill Lane that was used until recently by yes. National Grid, yes. that's now been rented by the main contractor for the uh, Halton Curve, so if anybody oh, questions what's going on down there and why lots of materials are arriving. Uh, yep. Local businessman that owns it, as I was talking to him the other day, and he's rented it out. Okay, Lovely. thanks for that. Just right. for information. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you Andrew. Agenda item 61, Chair's report. I've nothing to add. Uh, 62, have you got a Mayor's report? I haven't got a written report, no. Um, Can it, I just hand over the chair to you while I make a quick visit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do we have to swap chairs? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can borrow the gavel if you Oh, good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a sledgehammer in the car. Um, yeah, no, no written report. It's, it's been really good. The, the big downer on it was, as you're probably aware, that the day I became mayor that evening was the atrocity in Manchester. And we had got a little low-key, well, little-ish party sort of planned and all that. And we thought it was... Uh, right and proper to sort of cancel all that. The reason being, as you're aware, that Manchester have a B uh, as an emblem, as well as ourselves, and we didn't want to sort of raise funds 
and the BNE mistake that people thought they were giving to Manchester and then to find they were giving. So that did pour cold water on a few ideas that we had initially, but then we sort of bounced back and we, we've, we've been keeping ourselves busy basically round about and we're, we're coming to uh, uh, an event in Blackpool on Friday, which is about the furthest we've, we've strayed up to now, you know. And um, Councillor Pennington and, and Councillor Williamson have been along to one event with us as well, so uh, that's it really, yeah, enjoying it and uh, yeah. Big long silence now, Mr Chair, <laughs> not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the clerk's report to note any information items. That's uh, 63 on the agenda. Yeah, I received uh, an item today from Saltscape uh, saying that they've got community grants available. Um, so I'll get this put on the website tomorrow. Um, so if we know of any groups that want help with natural or built heritage projects or training. They're putting out a final call because they're coming to an end. Yeah, unfortunately, Saltscape is coming to an end. I think it's mm -hmm. the beginning of October. So, yeah. uh, and the deadline know. for any applications is the 14th of August, and there's a link to the website where you can get the forms. And who they can, which people qualify? Yeah, okay. all the information's on there, so that's... Okay. Anything else? Anything else? Okay. And we've just covered uh, Clark's report, so uh, back to you, Chair. Right. Uh, agenda item 64, date of the next meeting, Monday the 25th of September. Right, so that is it. The, do I need to formally close them? Yeah. So that's the main part of the meeting closed at 9.23. Thank you.